Hey friends, you're listening to OKY. I'm your host, Michael Grove. Today is January the 4th, and we are here in the Bible reading plan. And remember, this year we are reading one chapter at a time. Now, I do have to mention that on the weekend, we will read a few of the Psalms all at once. But for the most part right now, we are just reading one chapter at a time, and we are in the book of Luke. So I'll be reading out of the New International Version. Join me if you can, following along. Otherwise, let me read this over you, and in the end, I'll give you a few thoughts before we end our time together. So here we go, Luke chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? they asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself, and you will tell me. Do hear in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to the widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. 
All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue, there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words these are! With authority and power he gives orders to impure spirits, and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness. In laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people, shouting, You are the Son of God! But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew he was the Messiah. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. This concludes Luke 4 and concludes our reading for today. Let me give you a quick thought before we end our time together. So let's look first at the temptations of Christ. This is a pretty significant part in Jesus' journey. In fact, it's significant to note that this is what launches him into ministry. It's something that we can look at as the launching pad to his ministry. So it kind of sets the tone. But in order to understand it, let's look at 1 John 2, verses 15 through 17. They read like this. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but from the world. The world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God remains forever. So when we see the temptation of Jesus... Understand, this is the exact same pattern, the desires of the flesh. You have the devil come to Jesus, and it's important to note that in verse number two, Jesus hadn't eaten for 40 days, and it basically just says he was hungry. Well, yeah, duh, he hasn't eaten for 40 years. Wouldn't you be hungry too? So the desire of the flesh is that we would fill our fleshly desires with those needs. Jesus was hungry. The devil offered a solution. Turn these stones into bread. But Jesus was focused. He understood that by doing this, he wasn't relying on the Lord, 
but he was relying on his own ability. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of a doer. When I see something wrong, I try to figure out how to fix it. I love to build things. I love to work things out in my head. I love to problem solve. The problem is that means a lot of times I rely on my own ability and my own strength, and it can get so hard to rely on God. That's what this first temptation is about. Do you rely on God to provide, to be the one who comes up with the solution? Or do you try to do it yourself, trusting in your own hands and your own abilities? I want to be somebody who just trusts in the Lord. What does John talk about next? The next sin is the desires of the eyes or the things that we see and long for. Now, it's okay to want things. God gave people the creativity to make things that are beautiful and things that we would be drawn to. The problem is when we want those things over the things of God, God will give us what we need. He will supply all of our needs. But how many times have we looked at something and said, oh, I want that. Like every time I see a Rivian drive down the road and I think, okay, that needs to be mine. Or there is a house downtown Naperville that I see all the time. It's very modern and sleek. It has iron around the windows and black iron around the doors. It's gorgeous. And every time I pass it, I think, what do I need to do to get one of those? What am I doing? I am allowing the desires of my eyes to take captive my thoughts. Now, it's okay to want things like that and to dream about things like that. But at the end of the day, my heart has to be where Jesus' heart was. He said, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. It's the serve him only part that we need to understand we get caught in. I know what you're thinking right now. Pastor Michael, I only serve the Lord. Yeah, let's be honest for a second here. We actually serve a lot of things at a lot of times without noticing it. For instance... Because I want those things like that Rivian or actually Harley Davidson, ooh, that would be so nice. I can find myself finding ways to make more money, thinking to myself, if I just work harder and do some more things, maybe I can make enough money to have the things that I want. Essentially, those things start to control me and I fall away from worshiping the Lord your God and serving him only. So I have to remember, keep my eyes in check so that I'm serving God and not chasing after things that don't really matter. I had a friend, Nancy, who used to say this, it's all going to burn anyway. It was her way of saying, we can chase after all these things of the world, but at the end of the day, they won't exist once we go to heaven. Or when Jesus comes back, he's going to renew all this earth and those things are going to fade away and all that will be left are the things of God. So let me train my eyes to pursue those things and not everything else. I promise you, life would be less stressful if we can stop doing the comparison game in looking at what everybody else has and only worship the Lord. Ooh, but in a social media generation, it's this third one that can be kind of hard. It's the pride of life. Don't worry, we've all gotten here before where we think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. This is what this sin is about. It's making ourselves to be more than we really are, or putting ourselves in a position of authority and power instead of looking to God for that. 
It might look like building a name for yourself on a social platform or striving so hard for a position of power that you sell out all your morals and ideals just to get to that position. It's not being able to put others first and your thoughts constantly going to what you deserve instead of how you can serve. This is the pride of life. And Jesus simply says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. In other words, remember who's in charge. Remember the one who holds all things in the palm of their hand. That should humble us enough. Once Jesus put these three things in check, he was able to start his public ministry. He went from there and started teaching in all the synagogues. And it says that everybody praised him because of how he taught. This is a reminder for me personally that it's not how much I prepare and what things I know. It's the condition of my heart. If I can put myself in check and remember that God is in control, if I could put him first above all things, then he will take me as a vessel and use me in a way that will bless other people. But I have to essentially die to myself and follow Christ in all that I say and do. I'm so grateful that Jesus gave this example before he started his ministry. And he wants us to know that if we can align ourselves with God in the same way, he will use us, he will bless us, and he will sustain all of our needs. So put God first. Remember to think of yourself in a position that honors God above all things. And then chase after the things of God before the things of this world. And watch and see what he does in your life. I promise you, he will bless you and take care of you and fill you with his goodness if you align yourself this way. That's all the time we have left for today. I love you and God bless. Thank you.